Hey, open in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse We're going we're gonna to challenge you a little bit again this morning. So get your seatbelt on. <laughs> I think, I don't know, it may be, it may be nice and easy, but it uh, doesn't hurt to fasten your seatbelt. Uh, I'm not talking about condemnation or anything like that, like old school. Old school, get your seatbelt on. Uh, new school, get, to, get your seatbelt on. But you know, um, right now, I feel like there's... There's just a, as we know, there's just a great amount of spiritual stuff going on. <laughs> we'll just say it like that. We'll just say spiritual stuff. There, there's all kinds of, we are in a season that we have never, uh, thought we would be in maybe. We are seeing things or hearing things that we never thought we would hear or see. And I believe, like my wife said, and I think part of the, I'm just giving you the intro to some of her message. She shared a little bit with me, so I'm going to steal, I'm probably stealing a little bit of it just because it's been shared with me and then it stirs my heart. So, um, and I don't know when she's going to preach. Didn't work out this week. So, uh, next couple weeks probably. Um, but there's just, there's just something going around that we got to make sure that we don't let it settle on our hearts as people of God. Because we're, we're not, we're not in the, we're not the same, uh, we're not from the same country. I mean, I know we're all in the United States of America, but it says in the Bible that we're foreigners. It says that I'm a citizen of heaven. So my first citizenship is in heaven. I want to be concerned with what the king of heaven is saying more than anybody else in this, the kings of the earth are saying, if you get my drift. It doesn't matter, you know, all over, people in different countries are facing similar challenges. They're in the same storm in a different boat, as we talked about last week, as I've heard somebody say. But there, are, there is something going on right now that I believe wants to silence and quiet the church. And we have to not give into it. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about fighting for rights here. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. And that may well come. And if we have to fight for our rights or whatever, that, that's fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a spiritual silencing, not a physical one. I drove... I'm not making judgments here, but it was interesting to drive around town and one of the churches that has one of those signs said, church is canceled. I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) Church didn't get canceled. (laughs) You're the church. Hello. Unless you got canceled. Uh, Hey, can I I be funny for just a second? Okay. I've been thinking about 
posting something on Facebook, and my wife encouraged me not to, so I'm going to share it right now on live on Facebook. Um, <laughs> and it, it's just it's just silly, you know. There's these these old Christian silly songs that were kind of cheesy, you know. Kind of, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and some of the Christian songs. I mean, I loved them, but they were just kind of cheesy. And I thought it was by an artist named Carmen. Anybody ever heard of Carmen? Okay, if you're as old as me, you heard of Carmen. Man, I grew up in the 80s. Carmen was the man. He was, you know. But he, as he got older, I mean, I think he he ate more cheese, and his stuff just got a little cheesy. And I thought it was his song. And I, and I, it turns out it actually wasn't his song, but it's, it, it was rolling around in my head. I was like, I, I want to post a video of this song that says, Satan, you're canceled. And I looked it up and, and you're not going to lie. I, I did have this tape, cassette tape, uh, by a Christian rap group, hip hop group called End Time Warriors, ETW. And it was their song, Satan, you're canceled. That was just going through my head. And so, there's my cheesiness for the day. That's the only person who got canceled. The church did not get canceled. Church is not canceled. In fact, maybe church might be more alive now than ever if we're paying attention to the Spirit. You know, we've been going out on Wednesdays um, with a, a few groups. A few of us have been going out on Wednesdays and we've been knocking on doors in our neighborhoods. I didn't know if you know, knew that. If you didn't know it, we have knocked on, I'd say, at least 500 doors since this whole whatever we want to call this thing has happened and we haven't do, done our regular Wednesday meeting. A few of us have been going out door to door and knocking on the doors of the people in Midland, Texas. Now, I can't tell you that every week has been like, where heaven comes down and it's amazing. There's some weeks where you go like, man, that didn't seem like anything was happening, right? You know, it's like, why are we doing this? Um, last week, though, man, there was, there was a little bit more of a breakthrough. I feel like there was just some, some, some light where we just showed up. You know, we went places across here, Scarborough, we never went to before. And people were just, it was just like we, we knocked on someone's door and it was the exact moment they needed us to knock on their door. I mean, this this... This person, and, you know, I won't give away their information or what, you know, their address or anything, but this person was in a crisis in that moment. We were knocking on the door, and there was, like, some noise inside, like, you know, you know, issues going on, live, live issues. And we come in the door, and we say, can we pray for anything? And this person was, it's almost shocking. But then they were like, yes, actually, you can. So we prayed for a physical thing in their family and a, a relational issue that was just going on in the moment. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, isn't it amazing that we showed up at that door last Wednesday at that time? You know, church is not canceled. <laughs> I just believe that God is stirring something in the church for us to get out. One of the things God did to use where we got scattered was to say, hey, I, I want you to be scattered. It doesn't mean that the gathering is not important. It, we've learned, I hope you've learned more than ever, man, that gathering and being together and encouraging one another is important. It is necessary, but this is not church. This is not the end all of church. And for some of us, this is the end all of church. This has been it. Is a Sunday morning 
religious gathering. And if that's all church is, then you know what? We might as well close the doors again. We can blame the government or the devil or whoever, but no one is stopping the church in communist China. They can't meet in big groups anyway. They have to, they have to meet in small hidden groups anyway. And the church is growing like crazy. There's people being saved and discipled in Jesus and being set free and delivered. Uh, they, they don't have any of the freedom we have. The answer is not more freedom on earth. The answer is more freedom in heaven. Because when I align myself with heaven, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Wherever Jesus is, there is freedom in that moment. So wherever I am, if I have Jesus with me, there is freedom in that place. It doesn't matter if I am earthly oppressed, I am heavenly free. Let's read the scripture before I get too far ahead of myself here. Ephesians 2 says this, Ephesians 1 has just talked about all the spiritual blessings we have in Christ, how we've been forgiven, how we've been set free, how we've been chosen, how we've been uh, washed in the blood of Jesus, how the grace of God is on our lives, that we have every blessing, spiritual blessing of heaven, we have an inheritance in God, and then Paul prays for us that we our eyes would be opened because we need open eyes that we might see and know God and know what he's doing and that, that he would pour out his presence and display it through the church. So that's, I have to sanitize the microphone now. The church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. The way God is filling the earth with himself is you. That was free. So chapter 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air or the spirit of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving or children of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the in comparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I just want to take a moment at the start of this passage before we get into the answer and the good stuff. You'll just notice that the gospel of Jesus is still the answer right now. Vaccines are not the answer. I'm all for a vaccine. I think Jesus is for a vaccine if that's what's needed. But that's not the answer. 
better economy is not the answer. That's nice, and God likes to bless people and do that. I'm not against that either. That's not the answer. We can fill in the blank. You can fill in your own little thing that, oh, I just wish this would happen. And that's not the answer. If it's not the gospel of Jesus, it's not the answer. If it doesn't involve Jesus doing something that's miraculous, where the grace of God comes into our lives, and by faith I trust him, and he delivers me, and he frees me, and he changes me, and he gives me purpose and mission and power, then it's not the answer. It might be a nice band-aid. It might make me comfortable. It might, it might ease my mind for a little while, but it's not going to answer the issue that's really at the center of every person's heart. The gospel of Jesus is still the answer. And the people who bring the gospel of Jesus to the world is you. It's not the preacher at church. I get to do it too. I'm not saying I'm out of it, but it's you. For so long, the church has waited for everybody to just come in the doors. And I wonder if God just said, well, we're going to shut the doors so you can know that that's not the answer. There was no less the power of Jesus at work when, well, this, first of all, this building was never closed. There's a few of us still here. But, um, you know, and few of us were gathering in homes around the, the city. Um, but he was getting us out. He was, he was pushing our perspective out. Hey, are you, are you going to look outside or is it just going to be all about you? And right here in this scripture, it says that there is a something of this age. It says the the... Where is it in verse 3 or 2? You used to live when you followed the ways of this world or the ways of this age and the ruler of the spirit or the kingdom of the air. In other words, there, there's a spirit of the age that is always present that is, that is working to release an atmosphere over the world. Who is that in that place? Of course, it's, the, it's Satan himself. It's the, it's the devil that he is, he is ruling the the spiritual airwaves on earth for a long time until Jesus came and did something greater and raised us up. But what happens is he's still at work in this realm in the world, in the spiritual realm, right? He's been defeated, but he's still at work. We're not trying to give glory to Satan. We're just trying to give uh, revelation to what's going on. And so there is a spirit of the age at work. So I want to read uh, a few scriptures that talk about this, that you can see that I'm not just making this up, that this is in the Bible. And most of these should be on the screen, I believe, because I'm just going to read them really quickly here. It says this in Galatians 1, 3 through 5. Grace and peace to you from, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, listen, to rescue us from the present evil age. 1 Corinthians 3.18, don't deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you become wise. Romans 12.2, do not conform to the pattern of this world or age, pretty much the same word there, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image 
of God. And then if you remember that parable, if anybody remembers the parable of the sower, where Jesus talks about there were four soils, right? There was the seed that went on the hard ground, and it says the birds came and ate it up, and that was, you know, the devil comes and steals it before it gets in the heart. And then there was the, the seed that went in the shallow soil, and it is, it's only worshiping Jesus and following him for a while, but when it, when it gets a little bit tough, it's like a little bit of testing, we're like, I'm out. And it says that thing dies. But then it says there's a third one, and it's interesting what it says. It's the seed among the thorns. It says the seed falling among the thorns, this is Matthew 13, 22, refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life or this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. It's the same, it's the same, same word there. It's the worries of this age. In other words, there's, there's a spirit that is at work to numb us and to lull us spiritually to be asleep, to be confused, to be fearful, to be selfish and self-focused, to be divided. I believe one of the key things that's happening right now is, is we, we can see there's three Clearly, there's more than three, but there are three things that I believe that are clearly at work right now, and that's fear is at work. Man, have you ever seen fear cover the earth? I've never seen anything like that, but there is just fear covering the earth. That is what the spirit of the age was ministering to the world. And even us as believers we can have ourselves influenced by this spirit too. We can kind of come into agreement with it. Now, it can't overcome us. It can't conquer us because we are covered by Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit in us. But if I come into agreement, if I willfully come into agreement with what the spirit of this world is saying, then I am giving access to that spirit to my life. You still watching online? (laughs) Hi. Okay, anyway, someday that won't be a novelty to me, I guess. Uh, But fear is is, uh, still out there. It's kind of gone down a little bit because people are relaxed. There's just, but they've got, some people just got an answer from the earth, not from heaven. They're just like, oh, it's going to be fine. I'm, I'm good now. How many people are scared to die on earth? I mean, that's really what this is about, right? It's about the fear of death. It says in the book of Hebrews, if you're a believer in Jesus, you've been delivered from the fear of death. So if you're still afraid to die, you don't have to be afraid to die. I'm not talking about going and making yourself sick and trying to see if you can last. We're not talking about testing God. Uh, I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying, you know, just shoot me up with all the the viruses and do whatever and and by faith I'm going to live. No, that's like Jesus jumping off the temple, you know, when Satan was saying, hey, jump off the temple, God will catch you. And Jesus is like, I'm not putting God to the test. That's not what he's doing right now. But when Jesus showed up with the leper and the father said, touch the leper, he said, I'm touching the leper. So if I show up somewhere and Jesus and the Holy Spirit says, touch that person and they're okay with it, I'm going to touch that person.
What is the answer for fear in Scripture? Love. Perfect love casts out fear. We have a weapon as the people of God right now. Are we going to love? Are we going to love? Because it's love, not preaching, (laughs) that's going to remove fear from people's lives. What does it say in the Bible? They'll know we are Christians by what we post on Facebook. (laughs) They'll know we are Christians whether we wear a mask or not. They'll know we are Christians by whether we believe in this or that. No, they'll know we are Christians, what? By our love for one another. And love beats fear every time. You know, the second thing I believe that's going around is is apathy. Have you noticed that that it's kind of like when we first started this this season, I think for many of us, at least for me, I felt like, all right, we're going to go for it. And then it was like, as it, as it kind of got, got going, you just kind of, it, it wanted to just say, okay, I'm just going to wait around and do nothing. I'm just going to wait for this to be over. Hopefully this will get over soon. And, you know, whatever part of it you wanted to get over, whether that was having your kids all the time or not, not seeing your grandkids or working at home. Some of you are like, man, this is a dream come true. Yeah. <laughs> All my dreams have been come true. I don't have to go to work and I don't see anybody. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've gone to heaven. <laughs> so, uh, for those, you know, that, that 2% or 5% of people that were thrilled, uh, the other 95% of us, you know, maybe had something where we're like, oh, just, I just, just gonna wait it out. And so we, we become apathetic. We're like, at first it's like, oh God, you're gonna break through, you're gonna do the thing in this God. I guess it'll, I don't know, we'll just wait out, wait it out. Because that's the spirit of this age right now is to silence the people of God and put us to sleep. And say, hey, just go back. All you want to do is just be comfortable again. Because really, that's, that's what our country wants, right? I mean, that's what most people want. They just, Man, I just want to get this over with and just move on, right? And God is like, no, I don't want you to go back to what you were before. I don't want you to just be super comfortable and living through life and like, hey, I have a great life. I know Jesus. I go to church two out of four Sundays and I'm good. Maybe three out of four now because, man, it was, you know, I missed it for a while, so I'll do three out of four the rest of the year. And look, it's not about going to church, so to speak. I mean, we get that, right? I hope we get that. It's about being Jesus and loving people. But you know what? A lot of times I, I just have a heart that's numb and hard. I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about you. I've got a heart that just, you know, I'm just going to cruise, cruise control, right? Beep. Just going to make it through life. Jesus was never on cruise control. He was always clued into the Father. He said, what's the Father doing? Apathy cuts off my connection with Father God, so I don't know what God is doing. And it makes me disengage from my purpose and mission. You know, the answer for apathy is mission, purpose, with passion. You know, one of my favorite movies 
I'll even tell you what it is. <laughs> my, Ashley Maya's favorite movies is National Treasure. Okay, if you haven't seen it, I wouldn't bother seeing it. Um, <clears throat> but it's an old movie now. I thought it was like five years ago. No, like sixteen. Okay. <laughs> Does that happen when you get older? Who's older in here? See anybody? I don't see any old people. Like be like, isn't that like five years ago? Like no, twenty. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-seven was like six years ago, um, for me. Um, but you know, in this movie, they're pursuing a treasure. But there's one line in it. That, uh, there's several lines in it that just really speak to me. We watched it. We probably watched this movie thirty times, forty times. I'm dead serious. Uh, we don't watch a lot of movies, so it's clean and. You know, it's just fun. And so we turn it on. So we actually just watched it recently. And there's a line in there where they're trying to find this treasure. And the two guys are saying, we need someone one step short of crazy. And the one guy says, obsessed? And the other guy says, no, passionate. One step short of crazy. Somebody passionate. Because when you're passionate for a purpose... You won't give up till you get it. You know, there's, if you find yourself being apathetic, the solution is this engage in the mission of Jesus. You're supposed to be engaged in somehow living out the gospel of Jesus so it gets in somebody else's life. I get we've been kind of secluded. I get that. I'm not saying you have to break some rule or break somebody's social whatever that they have, but I can find a way to get Jesus into people's lives wherever I am. And it's going to be specific for you. Maybe you're like, I can't knock on the doors. I'd encourage you to try it. Listen. Everybody who goes out on Wednesday knows I am not Mr. Evangelist. I'd rather preach a sermon. I'd rather sing a song. I'd rather worship for three straight hours, Jesus, than go knock on somebody's door that I don't know. Right? I mean, let's, let's be honest. There's, there's only a few of us, the few evangelists that are like, oh. <laughs> I'm going to meet somebody new and something's going to happen. That's how you know if you're an evangelist. If you're just like, I gotta, I gotta see somebody. <laughs> I'm out of this picture now. Can you see me? Nope, they can't. Uh